What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. This is episode 20. I am one of your co-hosts, Simon Voyanos. I am one of your other co-hosts, Cody Stoffer. And joining us today is our college football analyst, Jesse Booten. If you're a longtime listener, you'll recognize him. But Jesse, tell us uh, what you're up to these days. Yeah, so you know, like uh, Cody said, back in the day, I uh, you know, back in the cycle days, I, I was a co-host. But um, now I have... Uh, you know, moved on to being a college football coach. I coach for Trinity International University. It's an NAI school in Chicago. Um, I'm the assistant wide receiver coach there right now. Um, and things are going good. You know, we're about to play our season. Looking forward to it. Yeah, Jesse has two seasons in one year Ooh. coming up. So yeah. that'll be, be a roller be coaster. Yeah. I think we're playing, what, 30 games or something like that. So it'll be, it'll be something. 30 games? Something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, if you, include, you just if you said. Include, if you include. Uh, playoff possibility. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Is it a tournament style? I, yeah, I tournament style. Okay, okay. I didn't NAI, know that. NAI, cha- yeah. or not championships. Yeah, the championships are whatever. The playoffs is like FCS division or FCS yeah. division one. So yeah, it's a it's a tournament. So we'll hopefully we can make it in. And they usually take I think like twelve or something like that. So nice. That's right, more then. than four. That is more than four. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But, That's good. We have, uh, you know, our, our inside looks here from, from a college football coach today. So we're excited to go over. By the way, this is Colorado Playmakers, class of 2021, and we got cornerbacks today. We will do safeties probably next week. Don't hold us to that in case we change our mind. But anyways, we got cornerbacks, and Jesse himself played corner back in the day, and, uh, you know, he has to coach his wideouts on how to beat some corners, so he can hopefully find some cons with some of these guys. I'll be, I'll be, I guess the bearer of bad news since Cody just gave me that title. (laughs) Well, you could throw in some pros if you feel like you want to, so. But anyways, starting us off at number five is Colton Miller out of Ponderosa High School. Colton is the shortest cornerback on this list, standing at five foot eight and 140 pounds, but he has some things going for him. Simon, you want to talk about some strengths of Colton Miller? Sure, yeah, I'll talk about Colton Miller. So, uh, I first like saw Colton Miller when we were doing our receivers film and we were just looking through a bunch of guys and he stood out to me not just because you know he's an alright receiver and whatnot but because he had some corner film on there and it, it popped to me. I feel like he's probably a little bit of a better corner than wide receiver and so that's why this works out. So with Colton Miller you know he has some really good speed to him some good agility so he's an athletic guy. He could probably he could cover a lot of people and you know he's probably a type of corner you could throw in the slot and he'll do all right you know and so that's kind of what i like to see um not go i i know we low-key kind of slandered corners already in past episodes <laughs> uh but you know he's one of the most athletic corners in the state and i feel good about saying that at the very least also like i said um he played receiver so he naturally has some pretty good hands and, you know, he high points the ball pretty well and, you know, uses his hands well when picking off uh, quarterbacks. And so there are some corners who kind of just let the ball like fall into their lap, which is fine because they're corners. But also, you know, we'd like to see a little bit more skill and finesse there. So, uh, so yeah. And then I also think he, he plays the run pretty well. There are some corners who uh, don't do that as well as, as Colton does here. So th- those are my positives with Colton Miller here. But Cody, what, what are your positives with Colton? Yeah, so with Colton, the first thing that jumped out to me was his back pedal was really clean. And, um, you know, like, that's really where it all starts. Because if you don't have a clean back pedal, then you're just going to get burnt like uh, 
the wide receivers from our top five wide receiver list did constantly to corners in this state. So Coltney doesn't seem like a guy who'd be easy to beat over the top. Um, he also breaks to the ball pretty well, and he keeps his center of gravity really low. And, you know, there's plenty of people who play with really high pads, and uh, there's plenty of people who are bad at football. So Colton is not one of those guys because he does stay low, and um, that's part of the reason why he's able to get so much spring whenever he goes up for the ball. And uh, that's definitely what jumped out to me. Jesse, what made you um, be the final judge on Colton Miller making number five on our list? You know, so I, I looked at him along, you know, when we were going through all of the, the guys that you guys brought to me and stuff like that. Um, and sure, he may be the smallest corner on your guys' list, but, you know, he doesn't play like he's the smallest corner. Uh, you know, when I look at corners uh, for the college level, I would say the number one thing we look at is, you know, first of all, how athletic they are, but can they hit? Because we can teach, you know, backpedaling. We can teach the fundamentals of how to play cornerback, how to break on a ball and stuff like that. But the physical nature and the physical aspect that comes with these guys that we watched um, is something that is not as coachable. So just seeing, you know, looking through the, the guys that we, uh, we did, he definitely has that, you know, physical aspect to him that I like to see as a college football coach moving forward. Cool. Just like all the other guys we're going to see. All of these guys can lay the wood, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep, we got some hitters on this list, and that's uh, not in the areas of improvement um, for me. But, Jesse, what are some recommendations you might make to Colton Miller this offseason on how to improve his game based off the film that we watched? Mm -hmm. um, you know, just quickness. I always say all in all aspects, all athletes that I, that I coach and watch and stuff like that just continue to work on quickness and, you know, anticipation. It can be a thing, you know, you can be the most athletic guy in the world, but if you don't know what you're doing... You don't anticipate anything. You're not very quick. What, what's going to happen? Like when we're when we're evaluating film as a as a coaching staff, we're not really looking for yes, top end speed is great to see a guy run in a straight line, but we like to see a little bit more of that lateral fast twitch motion stuff because then we know that they can fit into anything we need them to fit into. And I think Colton is that kind of guy, you know. So I would just continue to work on that lateral quickness, um, fast twitch muscles, uh, anticipation stuff that could you know push him over the top. Fair enough. All right. Do you mind if I go next? Cody, remind me how much, uh, or how, yeah, how much Colton Miller weighs. 140 pounds. Yeah. So for me, this is, I'm just going to focus on that for now. I'd like him to gain a little bit more weight. To be honest, if he could get to at least 150 or 160, I could live with that. Uh, just 140 is pretty light, you know. I mean, if he's going to play against the run and whatnot, which, I mean, if he's on the field, he's going to have to eventually. And he's going to have to put on some weight so he doesn't get manhandled by some of the bigger receivers. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. It's hard to imagine like a guy like guys like maybe Josh Rowland or a Jay Barry not being able to block Colton Miller like that. And that's just me being honest. So put on some weight, get stronger. That's never a bad thing. And, uh, and he'll be all right. So there you go. Yeah, that's some good advice. And, you know, I'm going to say to build off that Colton – uh, wasn't able to get a lot of looks, I'd say, as far as variety of routes goes. And that's just kind of like what Colorado football's like. You heard us talk about that once again on the wide receiver film. There's, you, people just don't run a bunch of routes. So I'd say Colton needs to watch a ton of film and be ready for that college level because the route jump from high school to college is monumental. Um, so if you come in and you don't know all the different kinds of routes that receivers can run and will run at a much higher level, then you're going to get burned. Um, I'd also say to work on your hands and not in the catching sense, 
but get ready to play some press. You know, you got to be able to play a variety of styles of cornerback at the next level. And yeah, I definitely think that if you get in the weight room and you're putting on that weight already, um, to definitely work on hand fighting and stuff like that to really jam receivers at the line. Because I didn't see any of that on uh, Colton Miller's film. So those would be my areas to focus on this offseason for Colton Miller. I will say, you know, as a receivers coach, we teach our receivers a good 20 different routes. So, there you, you know, go. when you're only running a few routes in Colorado, when you have the big leagues, just be ready for anything. <laughs> yeah. So, but with that being said. All right. So let's talk about Colton Miller's outlook here. Uh, Jesse or Cody, do y'all want to start with that? Uh, I can start with Colton Miller's outlook. Go I think it. that Colton Miller is... I don't think Colton is a Division One player, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I'd probably say that he could excel in a D2 environment, um, but still be a redshirt guy and then uh, maybe a starter by his junior year. Um, or he could go the JUCO route and get some more film and uh, some college collegiate coaching and see if that helps boost his chances of transferring somewhere else. Jesse, what would you say... Um, how much of a difference does college coaching make for a player? I would say a ton. I would say, you know, coming from Ralston Valley, which is a top school here in Colorado, right? One of the top 25 usually and stuff like that in 5A. So, you know, like being there, we were good. But when I went to college, I was basically learned everything over again and much better since. So I would say, you know, college coaching, there's a difference between high school coaches and college coaches. Cody? But like, <laughs> none taken. But like, high school coaches. I've seen a lot of high school coaches who are there because they like football. Their kids there, volunteers, stuff like that. Whereas yeah. a college yeah. coach is there to coach these players to be the best they can be, you know. Um, and so I definitely think that there is a big jump in high school coaching to college coaching. Plus, I would say you know the majority of college coaches have some college football playing experience and know how to teach a college player to play better. Sure. All right, fair enough. So with uh, Colton Miller here, Jesse, what what kind of school do you mm -hmm. can you see picking him up? Whether it's scholarship, partial scholarship, mm -hmm. feel free to elaborate on yeah. that. So before I go into this, since this is our first guy here, yeah, I want to, you know, let you, everyone, the listeners, and you guys know where I'm coming from as an NAI school. NAI school is a mixture of both Division three and Division two, right? So some of the top, I think some of the top schools in NAI could even compete with FCS schools. Yeah, in my opinion, but um. So now when I say NAI, if I say any of these guys NAI-wise, um, it's a mixture of kind of all of it. And I think the best players in NAI still have pro potential as well. Okay. Um, I definitely, that being said, I definitely think that, um, you know, definitely not a D3 player. I think he's much better than D3. Okay. Um, I could see him playing at a top NAI school and a top Division II school, but I think he would best benefit going to a JUCO for two years. Um, that way he can get a little bigger. You can get a little bit faster, get some more film, like Cody said, you know? And then even that being said, I'm gonna be honest, you know, as a, as a college coach, a little bit more harsher, I don't even see him playing FBS Division One football even after two years of JUCO. I can see his ceiling maybe, maybe being FCS school if he's gonna go D1 and probably even D2 instead. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I don't know if he's exactly an FCS because of the size too. Like obviously there are FCS and FBS guys who are like 5'8", five, 5'9". That works, um, but they're not 140 or probably closer to 130, mm -hmm. to be honest, because it is huddle, uh, you know, listings. But yeah, I get that. I could see that for sure. Um, 
Juco helps a lot of people. So, hey, uh, Colton Miller, if you're listening to this, make sure you check out our Juco series where we brought on a couple of old Juco players who, you know, got, got a little bit more clout after doing their time and uh, got, got some full rides there. So I will say, yeah. you know, just a great example for ours, um, Kajan Lakes is, is going to be our starting outside receiver right now. Yeah. He went to a Juco first. And now he will come in and be our dog. So, you know, he's going to be the, the top guy we lean on to, you know, make our team cook. When you would say in your passing team and stuff like that. So he's going to be our best receiver, probably our best athlete on the field. So, yeah. Make right. sure to listen to episode 10, the Sam Flowers story, if you haven't already. <laughs> you got to plug our old episodes every chance No, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. But yeah, all right. Sounds good. Well, with that being... Um, that wraps it up for Colton Miller, but at our number four spot of the top corners of Colorado's Playmaker, Colorado Playmakers 2021 edition, we have Langston Williams out of Eagle Crest High School. And if uh, you guys don't mind, I'd like to start off with Langston's strengths here. Go for it. So Langston is fast. Holy cow, he's super fast. Um, you can see it because Langston, he's just a utility player for Eagle Crest. They, he does whatever that is asked of him. Um, on special teams, on offense, he gets a lot of jet sweeps. And at cornerback, um, he's basically the, this guy isn't going to let anyone get behind him guy. Um, and if someone does, he can close that gap because he really just does have really good in-game speed. I mean, everyone posts their 40s on huddle, and I don't necessarily believe them all the time. But I believe Langston's 40-yard um, dash time because you can see it in-game. Uh, secondly, Langston, like I already said, on top of... He's a, he can do anything you ask. He's a huge contributor on special teams. He blocked, I think his junior year, like four punts and like two or three field goals. And so but you think about, about it, Langston stopped nine points of scoring on that alone, not even including the PATs that he blocked his senior year. So he's blocked over double digit amount of points just from running off the end and blocking kicks. Um, there is an art to that. It's not just you know, blindly running. Otherwise, everyone would do it. Langston does it consistently and his threat week to week to block punts and then even take them to the house once he picks them up because no one's going to catch him. Certainly not the punter. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, th those are my biggest strengths for Langston Williams. I'll pass it to whoever wants to talk about it next. You want to go, Jesse? Sure, I'll go ahead and go. So I do think that yeah, I would say, you know, the number one strength here is the speed. You know, at Trinity, we are always looking for speed. Um, you know, some schools are doing that, other schools aren't. But we like to run uh, full speed stuff, so we do a lot of speed training with our athletes and stuff like that. Um, so our number one thing is speed, and you can see it with him. You know, he can contribute, like Cody said, anywhere. I like his special team ability. Um, but yeah, I would just focus on that, that speed for his strength. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, with Langston Williams, I, I agree with both of y'all, honestly. He's, he's someone who kind of comes across as a very raw type of like football player in general, but there's potential there for a reason, and I think his ceiling is very high. The special teams thing is a very big plus for me. Like As a defensive guy, I'm not necessarily like a corner or anything like that. That's the one position I didn't play out of all of them, but I personally like my corners just, you know, having some potential there. They don't have to be great or like super, you know, uh, how should I say this? Refined skill-wise. But if they got the speed, you know, if they, they're versatile, if you could put them on offense, defense, whatever, 
that always helps just because that means you know they could contribute to the game in more ways than one and with langston williams uh, i feel good about that i feel like he could definitely contribute to csu in a couple different ways and be a positive uh, force on that squad so so there you go yes langston is a csu commit and simon you mentioned that uh langston is a bit more raw so uh, it sounds like you have some areas of improvement in mind for this five foot ten, hundred and forty pound corner out of Eagle Crest. Is he really one hundred forty pounds? I yes. Thought he weighed a little bit more. I okay. did too. Well, I did not know. I, I I thought I knew. I thought he was at least one sixty, to be honest. But with that being said, he needs to put on weight. The fact, okay, with Colton Miller, he was like five eight, so that's he's a little bit more compact. But Langston's five ten. And so that's definitely, a, you know, that's an area of concern because it's a smaller frame and whatnot, which means he's more prone to injury, most likely, and whatnot, especially on that next level playing in the Mountain West, which is D1. And so Langston, I would like to see him put on a lot more weight and get stronger. I think I would personally like to see him be a, like a bump and run type of corner, but you can't do that if you can't, if you can't, you know, beat a receiver and man manhandle him low-key, so... Uh, I'd like to see a lot more weight added on for Langston Williams here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I weight weight's kind of a big deal, like especially on the D one level for sure. Can we go next? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go for it. Okay, you know, so at Trinity we run a very, you know, we run a very blitz heavy team, mm -hmm. a very blitz heavy team. So we, you know, make our corners play on islands, and um, I think you know, for. For being a physical quarterback, cornerback, I, I like physical cornerback aspects and stuff like that. And I think, like you said, going back to putting on some more weight, I think, I think we need some more physicality here and yeah, some more weight so you can play on an island because that's what happens at the college level. You know, college coaches, defensive coaches are gonna make you play one on one with receivers, and you need to be able to beat the best receivers that they have. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, you really gotta think about it this way. Like, in is it the Rocky Mountain Showdown? Is that what it's called? Between CU, CU and, and CSU? CSU? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Can Langston Williams cover a LaVisca Chenault? Not right now. No. Not right now. But Can I will say, cover a Chase Penry? I will say, <laughs> LaVisca Chenault is one of the better better receivers that have ever played at CU. So That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> that's that's fair. But like a Chase Penry or even a Ty Robinson who's like 6'5", 200 pounds, mm -hmm. you know? That's, so that's where the weight comes in and the physicality. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of what both of you said because in the few parts of his film where he is pressed up, uh, the wide receivers toss him around. Um, and not only does that come down to, you know, weight or whatever, but once again, um, he just doesn't have strong hands. Like, the, yeah. the wide receivers get their hands on him, and he's, he's done. He's not a part of the play anymore. Um, pretty sure that the one time that uh, he ended up making the play, it's because it went to the other side of the field and he just caught him with his speed. So that was a huge red flag for me um, that he's just not super strong in the hands. Like, he even got his hands up first against the wide receiver and still lost. So um, I didn't really like that. Links Williams also doesn't cover a wide variety of routes once again. And I don't know if I could trust him to fill that gap super soon. Um, just because... Like I said, he could catch up on go routes, but I think if somebody gives him like, you know, a real good double move or like an out and up, I think that they would score a touchdown against Langston. Um, at least at that next level, that division one level. And then I'd also say that um, 
his back pedal is kind of janky. Um, when you look at his first few steps out of his stance, he kind of like gallops like a horse of some kind, and it looks really awkward and clunky. Um, so I definitely think that that'll be something that Langston will address with that CSU staff. Well, I will say too, for for you, Langston, if you are listening, you know, um, while we talked a lot about the the weight and stuff like that, sure, we talked about a lot about that, but I wouldn't say it's the primary thing. Just work on your technique overall. I think yeah. just technique as a corner, and then because I've seen guys, I, I've seen a few guys, a few guys we have are your size and smaller, and play, you know, play a solid uh, press corner just because of technique. Just work on technique. Always use technique to outbeat brute strength. There you go. Leverage. We, I say that like a million times, especially when I'm talking about defensive players. But leverage on every level matters, and uh, there's different ways of getting that. And you know, it's it's an art, but it takes some time to get there. So, with that being said, let's talk about outlook. Uh, so he's already committed to CSU, so he's a D1 guy. But let's. Let's talk about beyond that, if there is a future there. How well do... Jesse, let's start with you. How well do you feel about that with Langston Williams here? Can he play pro football of any kind? That's So, like, maybe XFL or CFL or whatever. Or NFL. I, I any any to, pro. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I personally think, I'm going to say to all five of these guys, I think all five of them have pro potential. Not, oh. not NFL potential, I would say. Okay. Just because NFL, but... With how much I've seen now and how much I've learned in the profession of coaching and connecting with other coaches and stuff like that, like there is enough opportunity if, if someone really wants to play pro, they can get a shot at it. Okay. So like, and it's also hard for me to gauge, you know, unless you get a guy like a Derrick Henry out of out of high school or like a Trevor Lawrence, like those are guys yeah. you know are going to play in the NFL. But like, it's hard for me to just gauge any high school player coming out playing. NFL football because they just go through such a change and such growth in college That's true. that you could have any guy. So yeah, I'll say both Colton and Langston have pro potential because who knows if, you know, if they really work hard and put their mind to it, if that's what they want to do, they can do it. Okay. Fair enough. So I'm going to say, so for, go for, ahead. if you, if you do ask me for any of these outlooks <clears throat> on these guys, I'm going to say that they all can play in the pros at some level. Um, okay. Maybe not the NFL. I don't think I see NFL level for both of these guys, but sure. Um, you know, also as a coach coming from a coaching side, is my goal is to get every single athlete that I coach into the NFL. So yeah, you know, yeah. that's my goal. I mean, obviously, that's going to happen, but I'm going to try to get them there. And if they have the desire to do that, there's a chance. Okay, fair enough. Well, then let's take another step back real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, what year would you think that Langston might start? Just projecting forward, like your best guess. Mm -hmm. I think he's a, a two-year starter. So as a junior, okay. I think he can start. Okay. For, for CSU? Fair enough. I, I'd probably say the same. I don't... I have a hard time seeing him becoming a fresh... A first-year starter, for sure. And even after that. So, redshirt, for sure. Me and Cody always say that. It's never the worst thing to redshirt. Uh, unless you need to play right away. But, you know, redshirting's never a bad thing. So, take that extra year. Get adjusted to the school, too. Because it's college. You know, it's not another high school. And then, you know, you'll you'll figure it out from there. But I, w I would agree that he's most likely a two-year starter, probably a redshirt junior type. Uh, Cody, what do you think? Um, I, I love the redshirt for Langston, but I do think that following his redshirt year, I think that he could be on special teams immediately. Oh, 100%. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So I think that that's his first sight at the field is 
All right, show us something. We're going to put you at the end. You did this all of high school. Can you block a, a kick for us? And I think that he maybe even has a chance in his first year actually touching the field to block a PAT or a field goal. Um, I think that he can do that on the next level, uh, you know, that he maintains his speed and whatnot and takes the red, red shirt year uh, seriously. Um, but as far as cornerback play, uh, I have to see probably a bit more from Langston uh, technique-wise and growth-wise. So I'm going to say that he could probably be a starter um, maybe his like redshirt junior or senior year. Um, and even then, I think that he might be a slot corner kind of guy. Um, sure. If yeah. I'm being completely honest. So, but I mean, that's still time on the field. Um, if he went professional, I see his, you know, obviously speed remaining intact. Um, I see him maybe playing CFL football, um, you know, just because I think Langston could handle the running start that the wide receivers get. Um, but, and, and I think um, CFL football, maybe this is just my opinion, but I think everyone in this room agrees is not nearly as physical as NFL football. Absolutely. So. Well, no, because it's the NFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I think, and, and arguably it might even be more physical in the Mountain West, but um, I think that CFL is probably Langston's best chance at going pro and uh, to take that retro year. Did you guys hear about the, uh, I know we're not talking about this right now, but the, the fan... <laughs> Like the fan-owned or fan-managed league that they're starting in February, for oh yeah, with jo Pro Johnny Manziel, yeah, Johnny yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's supposed to be another like professional thing, like the XFL, but it's going to be like fan fan-based, like oh. managed and owned. So like, fantasy. It's like, okay. It's kind of like fantasy football in real life. <laughs> <laughs> well, can we see Langston there? Maybe. Maybe. Well, I draft Langston if he yeah, plays both yeah. sides of the ball. Why not? Why not? Well, that's a good point. See, versatility matters, though. You know, yeah. you can't Langston just be a might one -trick end up playing more receiver than DB, honestly. Okay, fair enough. But you never know. So, said, that will wrap up our number five and number four cornerbacks in the state. So, just a reminder, number five, it's Colton Miller. And then number four, it was Langston Williams coming up. We're going to talk about our number three and number two guys in the state of Colorado coming up next. Welcome back to our Colorado Playmakers Class of 2021 cornerbacks edition. We are back here at numbers three and two. So at number three, we're just going to jump right into it, is Zaire Jackson out of Valor Christian High School. Yeah, it's about time that we had a Valor guy on here. We've Everyone's been asking for it, but Zaire earned this spot because he's one of the best cornerbacks in the state. And um, he's 5'11", 175 pounds, and a Wyoming commit. So we'll talk about some areas of improvement for uh, Zaire first. Uh, Simon, you, I know you want to bring it up, so I'll let, you, I'll let you lead off the areas of improvement for Zaire. Sure. So, I look, I, I might have cut this out, to be honest, when we talked about it, now that I'm actually thinking about it. But on Twitter, and y'all know I'm on Twitter. I mean, Cody is too. Make sure you throw Cody a follow. At Codes8088. Please, Simon is kicking my butt followers right now. Yeah, I, I got you. I, I appreciate the love, though, from all the football programs and head coaches, though. Um, just throwing the, and athletes, just throwing that out there. I'll always give you a follow back. Well, usually. So with that being said, I was scrolling through Twitter and I think it was Coach ACQ back at it again. He's one of my favorite guys to follow, to be honest. And he uh, 
he posted a pretty interesting video of Zaire getting burnt by Chase Penry, and it, it was in the worst way possible because it was just a release, and Zaire bit so hard, and then Chase just, I mean, he, he caught a touchdown, didn't he? Right? Yes. Yeah, he did. And I want to say this was the state, the, the second time, that, or wait a second. No, this was the state championship game uh, this year, or yeah. well, not this year, but yeah, technically year. last year because it's 2021 as of now. But with that being said, uh, that that wasn't the best look. I'm gonna be honest. It low key exposed Zaire a little bit. And look, Chase Penry, he's our number one receiver for a reason. No, and we talked about it. Like his release is great. You know, he's stronger than he looks for sure. And then he's just a very nifty guy with great coaching. So that's not like a bad thing at all because Chase is gonna do that to any other corner that he goes up against. But I got to ding Zaire just a little bit here. It kind of just shows that maybe he hasn't went up against receivers that, you know, have shown him the most, like with different releases or routes and whatnot. And that's just Colorado football in, in general. You know, that's just Colorado football in general, I would say, because the release that Chase put on Zaire wasn't exactly like, it wasn't crazy. Like you, you see a lot of college guys do it, to be honest, and that's bread and butter. So, so the fact that that happened, it, it says kind of a bit. So for Zaire, I'd really like to see him, you know, take his game intelligence to the next level. I'd like to see him do a lot more research, hit the playbook, hit the film room, do all that stuff, and then really study the habits of some of these receivers that he will go up against in the Mountain West Conference. And, you know, the Mountain West is no slouch. Hey, there's some good receivers that come out of there. The first one that comes to mind right now is Michael Gallup. And <laughs> if you see his re releases and just everything he does, it's it's insane. And so Zaire's going to have to match that. And I do think a redshirt year would definitely help him uh, get there and develop just because it's a lot that he's going to have to learn. And that's not like exactly a whole ding on him. That's more of a ding just on the level of competition here in Colorado. And so for me, that's my biggest thing with Zaire Jackson. So... Cody or Jesse, do you want to add on? I want to first also throw in, you know, Rashard Higgins falling out for the Browns right now. Oh, He's you're also right. from Colorado State. You're right, you're right. Yeah, Rashard Higgins is before Michael Gallup yeah. as well. So, yeah. good point. I just want to point out that one of the comments on tweet was, um, it's, quote, good example of social distancing, end quote. I and, saw uh, that, too. <laughs> that's, that's tough. Um, but um, moving on from that, you know, obviously on areas of improvement, um, or like weaknesses, I put a uh, susceptible to double moves, and uh, we saw it there. Um, Zaire's much more of a throw you off of your route kind of guy. So when receivers are able to run their route or don't let him get their hands on them, then he's a lot more susceptible to allowing catches and getting burned. Um, I also want to say that one thing about Zaire that drives me nuts is that he doesn't finish the plays or he doesn't take that next step to becoming a playmaker. He goes up, he gets a lot of, you know, batted passes, he makes big hits, but, you know, on those big hits, he's not forcing fumbles. On those jump balls, he's not coming down with interceptions. He's not taking it to the house. And that's something that, you know, um, e even Langston is arguably better at um, making plays. And so for Zaire, I really want to encourage him because I think he has the talent to do so. I just think that he plays the ball in the air kind of conservatively is to be a bit more aggressive when the ball's in the air. And then, you know, when you're going in to just, you know, end some dude's career like that Regis hit, um, go ahead and get your hand on the ball and punch it out. 
Tra- yeah. He was he wasn't even able to you know keep his brain inside his head. So like, how is he going to hold on to a football if you touch it? So definitely work on creating opportunities for you and your team to force turnovers, and and just being a better team player in that sense where you know you're able to provide a spark to your team. Uh, I'll pass it over to Coach Booten over there. Yeah. So you know. Uh, I would agree, you know, aggression is something that is needed to be uh, a top thing for a high-level Division One, Mountain West, or really just any cornerback at the college level because, you know, the receiver is out there, he knows what he is doing, um, and you need to be able to match that. Like, you have to have the ability to, or I guess you could say swagger. I know a lot of our corners try to have swagger so that they can, you know, step up to that challenge of being out there on an island. Because, again, I go back to it. Most corners in college, at the college level, no matter what level, NAI, D3, D2, D1, FBS, or FCS, are all going to play on an island. I'll go back to that every time as we talk to these guys. They have to be able to play by themselves, and they have to win against, again, probably some of the best athletes on the field and the wide receivers. And I'll go back to what Simon said. You know, I think my biggest area of improvement for Zaire here is, you know, work on that press, that up, up in his face, because... Like Simon said, sure, it is Colorado football, but like the release we saw on Twitter isn't anything special. I have been teaching releases for the last, what, three years now, and that that was a simple release. He just gave him a head fake and went. Yeah. So, you know, like he he didn't do anything with his feet, and like that's what I'm, I teach all my receivers is the feet is the thing that, that will get you open at the line of scrimmage. So, you know, if a corner can overcome that, and I think, I think Zaire could if he continues to work on his at the line prep press and, and presence, I think he can, you know, take that next step. So yeah, so I would just say prepare for I don't know, a number of releases. Every receiver has a different release and you could teach yeah. millions and millions of them. So just be prepared for any release. And I would just say, you know, find a way to combat it however best you can do that. Fair enough. And stay Agreed. disciplined at that too. So yeah, mm-hmm. you know, when you say you can't, when I say aggression is good, you don't, you can you want to be aggressive as a corner yeah. at the college level, but not too aggressive like we see in that Twitter video. Yeah, for sure. And um, that kind of lead, leads us to our next uh, segment here with his strengths. And do y'all mind if I go ahead and get it started? So <clears throat> I, I do think he is a pretty aggressive player just in general. And that's why he got caught off guard by Chase. And so that could be a strength and a weakness. But right now, for me, that's a strength, right? Uh, he's a very physical tackler. That's what I love to see. And then uh, with that, you know, he uses his prototypical size really well. You know, he's just very aggressive attacking the ball. May not always get picks, as many picks as he probably should, but he stops the play, and at the end of the day, that's kind of what matters, you know. Um, So you can't complain about that. He attacks the ball pretty well. He's a great tackler, and uh, yeah, the prototypical size. (laughs) Prototypical size is there and, and whatnot. And I also think when he's, like, going from backpedaling to, like, Switching and just running straight up. He has pretty fluid hips. At least more fluid than Langston or uh, Colton, in my opinion. And so, uh, that's what I like to see. So, so there you go. He has a very, very fluid break on the ball. Yes. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) But anyway, um, I will go straight into mine because that leads into mine. Um, I think, you know, I think it's kind of a funny thing to think about, but he sticks to receivers very well. So, his coverage is very well. It's very good. Once they get out and into the open field and start running, um... As a receiver and a receiver coach, I know how frustrating that can be. If you put a good move on him, you beat him at the line, but then he sticks to you as you continue to go, yeah. knocks that ball away. It's very frustrating. So I think that he is very good at 
you know, maybe he gets beat off the line, but he can recover very, very, you know, well, and then stick to that receiver and knock the ball away. True. And he lays the wood. Like, That's true. Yeah, he this might dude be. Can hit. <laughs> yeah, he might be one of the better tacklers on this list in general. Mm -hmm. So. Because I know when we are evaluating cornerbacks, or scouting cornerbacks for other teams that we're going to play, one of our biggest questions is how do they play in the run? Because if they don't play well in the run, you better believe we're going to run at them every single play. Yeah. Outside sweeps and stuff like that because they're just not going to come up, be physical, and make that play. But if I was watching Zaire play, I would write on my scouting report, plays very well in the run and will stick our guys. So <laughs> Try to, <laughs> yeah. at the very least. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just, yeah, I think he very is a very well-suited athlete to play with run and pass at the defensive back position. Cool. My turn? Go. Yeah, go for <laughs> Excellent. It, go for it. So, uh, yeah, uh, obviously, uh, I agree with everything that uh, Simon and Jesse said. And you could see his aggression at the line. And I think one of Zaire's best strengths is he has really strong hands because there are some plays where the receiver just doesn't get to run their route. And honestly, like, you know, uh, <laughs> I kind of like watching it because it's like, oh my gosh, like he just clowned this guy. This guy didn't even get to run a slant route because Zaire just shoved him to the ground. And, um, you know, uh, one of my favorite plays on his highlight reel is where he just literally pushes over this wide receiver and he gets a pick six. I think it was called back, but I'm going to be honest, I don't even know if there was a penalty. I just think that receiver is pretty soft. When I watch it, <laughs> when I watch it, it looks like the receiver just falls down, to be honest. Dang. I would be ripping that one, ripping that receiver into one. You need to stay on your feet. So. <laughs> you need to go to the bench is what yeah. I'd say to that receiver. But so, when I was watching it, I don't know if it was a flag either, like you said, Cody. I think it looked like more of the receiver just fell down. Cause he got touched but watch that receiver be listing right now feeling really bad about himself it's way right. better that's it he's from pomona side so <laughs> <laughs> anyways keep going on i'm anyways, not gonna edit that um, out <laughs> save that for the blooper though yeah, yeah, yeah um i got you but but i would say um so he has really solid hands um i think that his footwork is pretty elite for a high school cornerback. He breaks on the ball super well. And that's part of what makes him an excellent tackler too, is, you know, he doesn't take a false step like a lot of other players would, you know, going from a back pedal into a forward sprint. He wastes no time and he's back at top speed almost instantaneously. And um, yeah, he can hit, once again, watch the Regis highlights where they throw, an, they throw one out route and he knocks one receiver out of the game. And then they throw the same route to that kid's backup who also gets blown up. Like, that was kind of selfish on that Regis um, play calling to just throw those kids out to dry uh, because uh, Zaire destroyed them. Um, but, you know, those, those are all really impressive. And I, uh, yeah, I think that Zaire is, you know, a couple of interceptions away from, you know, Vine, maybe even vying for the number two spot on this list, honestly. Um, I agree. But I think he will... If you guys don't mind, I'd like to talk about Zaire's outlook at Go Wyoming. And uh, first off, I'd like to say, Zaire, I want to give him the red shirt because of, you know, the releases are going to be next level. But I think that he's capable enough to even get some good uh, playing time his second year in school. Um, I think that once he sees the different kinds of releases, I think that he's good enough to pick up on them and then get some solid playing time and then even be a starter um, his third year. And if I'm going to be completely honest, uh, based off of his size and his physicality already, I think, and you know, Jesse already said it before, it's really hard to project um, NFL guys, 
But I think Zaire has a legitimate shot at the NFL, um, just based on the few things that I've seen thus far. Obviously, um, the mental gap or bridge from high school to college is going to be the most important thing to watch with him going forward. But if he's able to figure out those releases and act, react a bit more accordingly, I think that he has a lot of things that you'd want um, from an NFL cornerback. I'm going to be a thousand percent honest. Um, I'm not going to project around for Zaire or anything crazy like that, but uh, I think that he has the potential. And obviously, with that being said, I think he could play any other minor league of football anywhere else. Um, sure. Calling his college days. Sure. Yeah, no, uh, I like Zaire's outlook as well. I think you could kind of throw him in there and, you know, it'll be a trial by fire type of thing. But I think with these kind of players who are usually overly aggressive, that's kind of what you got to do. Because sometimes they won't learn even though they like do all that research. So you might as well throw them in there and see what happens. And I think Zaire, he, I mean, you know, he could he could do some humbling anyways and whatnot playing for Valor Christian. So he'll be okay. And so I think that there will be some good lessons learned there if he was to get playing time maybe a little bit sooner than later. Uh, that's just me, though. And then NFL-wise, I think he has the potential to go NFL. He has the prototypical size and everything, which is, I mean, that's usually what you look for out of high school players anyways, and speed and all that as well. And so um, I think it's there, but we'll have to see for sure. He could probably start as an underclassman if he really wanted to, so... There you go. But Jesse, what do you think? Mm -hmm. I would say, so comes down to this way, I would probably give him a red shirt first year. Sure. And then coming off that, I think he's a four-year starter. I think he starts okay. his red shirt freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year. Um, but if that red shirt doesn't come, then I see him as a three-year starter. I think he just needs one year to, you know, get immersed into college football. Yeah. And then, I don't know, at Wyoming, it's a little bit different than other Mountain West schools, you know, kind of in the middle there. Yeah nowhere so uh all you're gonna really all you're gonna really be seeing is his own receivers and yeah i don't know i'm gonna say wyoming receivers are the best receivers i've ever seen but um sure you know i just think he needs a year year in college to understand it and then i think he can yeah play the rest of his time there yeah humility is a big deal too mm -hmm. i don't the, the worst thing that I could see happening is that he goes there and then he gets a little discouraged and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so I think it'd do him best to just like prepare him for that trial by fire. And then he'll be okay. You know, just just be like, hey, this first year, I'm a freshman. I'm not going to be the top corner in the Mountain West. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm going to learn and we'll get, we'll see, you know. But yeah. it's it's going to happen. It'll, that's that's It's inevitable for any football player, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, here's a great teaching point. Great teaching point for any freshman football player that's gonna try to play college football, Go ahead. okay? Happens to everyone. Our freshman class happens all the time, happened to me <laughs> and stuff like that as well. You know, you come in as the dog of your high school, right? Yeah. You come into, doesn't matter what level you're playing at, even division three, okay? Yeah. Division three, worst team, it's actually Grinnell College, so that's, sorry to put that out there. Grinnell <laughs> College is the worst college football team in, in, in the United States, but even there, Everyone that plays there is the top dog from their high school and yeah. is the big fish in the little pond from the high school. But now everybody there is that. So, you know, coming in as a, as a freshman into a college, don't expect to be given everything and given a shot right day one because there is a guy, you know, what, you're 18 years old coming in. There could be a sixth-year senior who's 25 years old. He's an actual man that you're going to be playing against. That's true. You know, so, like, give just give it time. 
if, if you don't get your chance at the very first time, just keep working hard. You don't know when your chance is going to come. Step up. Everybody there is a dog. Be ready for that. Don't expect to be given everything like you think. Very true. Also, trust the process. Yeah, trust the process. Also, he's on a full ride, so like, don't have to worry about finances yeah. or any of that just yet. Mm -hmm. So be patient with it, yeah. right? One, one example I'll just give real quick is one Go of our it. receivers. His name's Terry Warner. Absolutely love the kid to death, okay? He's going to be a great receiver moving yeah. forward. He's going to be absolutely a great. He's going to be our starting outside guy for the next three years. This year, he's not ready yet, but he, he he's going to be great. So, you know, that's why I said just trust the process. Yeah. And we really haven't talked about that a lot, even though we've went through like six position groups. But that's, I think y'all should know that uh, because we do have a lot of high schoolers listening and, you know, up and comers. So that's just something to know on any level too. Not just going to cut, like if you're a middle schooler going to high school, that's important to keep in mind as well. Just throw yep. that Everything has to be earned in college football. Oh, yeah. I'll tell that right now. No okay. one, no one, even Trevor Lawrence didn't walk in and they didn't give him the keys to to Clemson's offense. You had to earn it. You have to earn it. Yeah. And if you don't, if you fall short that first year, keep working because you don't know when your chance is going to be, especially in the COVID time. We That's have had true. so many meetings as a coaching staff going over what, you know, what's going to happen. You know, we could come in with all four of our starting receivers could be down with COVID for this game. Well, guess what? Now the whole practice squad receiver team is playing. If you just, you know, if you just cut it off and you said, oh, I'm not a starter, I'm not going to play anymore. And you get in there, you missed your opportunity, you're not going to play anymore. But if you continue to work, it doesn't matter where you are, you get your shot, who knows, maybe you go win that starting job right then and there, and we'll need you. So stay ready at any point. Always. Don't ever let, don't ever get discouraged by not playing your first year going into college. Yeah. Stay ready and know that you're not playing for your dad's high school football team anymore where he's the coach. 100%. <laughs> because I don't care if you're my son. As a coach, I don't care if you're my son, my best friend or anything. If you suck, you're sitting on the bench. <laughs> Well, we're going to clip that for the future. <laughs> and that's all we got to say about uh, about Zaire Jackson here. Let's go ahead and move on to our uh, number two guy in the state. And spoiler alert, the top two guys are from Cherry Creek once again for the second straight episode. And for the second time in this whole series, because we had Malik and Arden on one. But right here we have Al Ashford the third, six one one seventy from Cherry Creek High School. He is a three star commit to Wisconsin, and so um, do y'all mind if I start with some of the weaknesses with Al here? Go for it. Okay, cool. So here's the thing with Al. I don't think he's as good uh, against the run as Zaire. Like you don't really seeing him lay, you know, lay the wood just like Zaire uh, does, and so I feel like there's some questions about his explosiveness there. Uh, it's that could be improved on, you know, that's not the worst thing at all, but we're just splitting hairs here, right? And then another thing, um, I don't know if it's just me or not, but he does seem to have kind of stiff hips at times, and it could be they could work to be a little bit more fluid. It's not the worst thing because he's 6'1, 170, so in this state, that's more than enough to make up for stiff hips, but it does look a little stiff, and so he can open that up a little bit more or work on opening that up a little bit more, and then last but not least. He played on a stack team. It's real easy to play corner when you got two D1 defensive linemen attacking the quarterback every single play, and one of them's going to the SEC, and the other one probably should go to the SEC, but he's probably not going to. I won't talk about that right now. And then, obviously, you have Gus Zelinkis as well. Um, we don't give him enough credit at all, but he's going to Rutgers. He's a defensive tackle, interior lineman type of guy. He's more than good enough. And so it helps to have guys who, you know, put the pressure on the quarterback 
and make them make stupid decisions or terrible throws. You know, just got to throw that out there. But those are my areas of improvement slash weaknesses without Ashford. And there's nothing you could do con to control playing on a stacked team. Um, nothing except to prove himself on that next level at Wisconsin. So there you go. But Cody or Jesse, either one of y'all want to go next? I'll go. Um, so... Yeah, obviously the con for any Cherry Creek player is that they play for Cherry Creek, and that's not their fault. Um, this is just probably the best high school football team that Colorado has maybe ever had, ever. True. Because um, usually in Colorado, I feel like it's just like one or two players on one team end up running the whole team to stay, circa Christian McCaffrey, Valor Christian High School. Um, but anyways, uh, that's, that's con. But speaking more on you know Al Ashford as an individual player and as a cornerback, I think that... Um, his tackling technique needs some work. Um, he either yeah. gets really lucky with shoestring tackles or he's standing straight up when he tackles somebody. And if you try that at Wisconsin, bro, some <laughs> running back is going to level you. Well, um, even great example. Last year, Jonathan Taylor was there. Good luck tackling him like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't be standing straight up. So I definitely focus on tackling um, if I'm Al Ashford because... I don't want to end up on someone else's highlight reel um, who who knows how to lower their shoulder um, and win leverage. There's that word again. Um, I also think that um, Al Ashford's stance comes off um, like he doesn't focus on it or realize how important it is, um, you know, at, at the snap. Because if you look at um, Al compared to some of these other cornerbacks, his get off is not as fast because he's kind of like hunched in like a weird way and kind of half standing. I don't know. It's, it's really weird. And um, I definitely think that that's an area of improvement or maybe that's something that he needs to focus on doing more consistently because maybe he does have a good stance, but maybe he takes it easy knowing that, you know, his job is easier than most other cornerbacks in the state because of the position he's in at Creek. Um, yeah. But I definitely think he needs to work on his initial stance because it creates a pretty small delay from start to go. And um, at the next level, that's all that a receiver needs is an extra millisecond, and that's a touchdown. So I definitely say work on stance and work on tackling technique, which seems kind of odd to say to a guy who's going to go on and play FBS football. But, you know, um, there's guys in the NFL that still can't tackle well. So um, <laughs> you definitely want to figure that out. Very true. Uh, just to add on to that, Al Ashford is playing in the Big Ten, too. So you got to think about just the first thing that comes to mind are Ohio State running backs. So could he tackle a J.K. Dobbins, Trey Sermon, Master Teague, even the next guy coming up, Travion Henderson? Uh, as of right now, no. <laughs> I don't think so. So that's definitely an area of improvement as well. But, Jesse, why don't you go ahead and wrap up these areas of improvement? I'm going to continue to say, like I said with the other ones, um, especially even more so coming from a team like this, is he's got to be able to, you know, like I said, cover on an island. But yeah. like he needs to, like I said with Zaire, he sticks to his receivers well. I want to be able to see Al stick to the receivers like Zaire does because he's going to have to at the next level, especially at Wisconsin, um, because you're going to need to cover for a good five seconds each play at least because, yes, you know, the – the defense line will get there eventually, but you're not going to have pressure on the quarterback like he did at Cherry Creek every single time, every single play for that that, that quickly. So he's going to need to be able to cover longer. So just that's what I think he needs to work on. Is just make sure he stays to those receivers, 
runs with them well, finds out a best technique to stay with those receivers as they run. Go. Agree. All right. Um, Jesse, do you want to start with strengths for Al Ashford here? I mean, he's a big dude. Yeah, he's the so, tallest one yeah, on this so list. We, <laughs> yeah. So he is a very, he, uh, he's big and he's, he's lengthy and can, you know, cover a lot of guys. So that, that is, I think, is a, a huge strength for him. That's I think, fair. I think, I think longer corners are benefit more in higher positions of, like, you know, Division One or even pro football. Yeah, look at Nation and Rajon. Both of those guys are 6'3", which is insane. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. All right. Um, just to piggyback on that, I think he's really good against deep balls, too. Like, when it comes to 50-50 balls, he's probably going to come down with it. At least in Colorado, he's probably going to come down with it. Um, also, I think, was he? Shoot, I might be wrong, but he definitely pressed Ty Robinson. I think I talked about this last episode and made him struggle getting off the line. And Ty Robinson didn't catch any deep balls over Al Ashford um, in any of the years they played. Uh, not just this year, but junior year. And then I don't know about sophomore year, but there you go. You know, he, he did his job against one of the top receivers in the state, especially one of the bigger receivers in the state. And so that, that, that accounts for something. So yeah. And Ty has four inches and 30 pounds on Al. That's true. And Al still just body him. He, he did, let's be honest. Ty Robinson couldn't get off the press, and that was one of the things we talked about. But, you know, that's what happens when you got a corner that's 6-1 and is probably one of the longest corners in the state, just straight up. So, Cody, do you... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. About your no, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he's a good cover guy, and I think he has a lot of potential as a zone kind of corner as well we just really didn't see a lot of that so uh look forward to to seeing it though so it'll be interesting i know wisconsin likes recruiting just taller corners they got the top corner in the state last year max lofi from pine creek and he's like six three so or six two either one but cody do you have any strengths for al ashford here yeah so i think that something about al ashford that i really liked is um he can play in and out, which it's pretty surprising to see like a six foot one cornerback play slot corner, yeah. but he did a good job at that. And um, I also think that when he was called upon to play zone, he played it really well. He usually played like that cover two, kind of like soft flat, but he was able to make plays behind him too, because he has such great um, makeup speed. Yeah, um, He's super fast, super, super fast. Part of that is definitely his stride is uh, really big at six foot one, but I think that he has great makeup speed and acceleration. You know, uh, we've talked about the difference between speed and acceleration. Acceleration is zero to 60 and speed is how high is your 60s at 70 or 80, 90. Um, so he's he's quick and he's able to get up to max speed really fast. Um, he breaks on the ball incredibly well. Um, I really like, you know, his his form for running is also solid, which, you know, there's, there's some guys who are fast, but they don't know how to run and they can run so much faster. And I think Al has, you know, experienced a huge advantage in high school because he knows how to run. So you'll see him chase down ball carriers who have like 20 yards on him because he just knows how to get the most out of every step. And uh, he catches people from behind all the time. Um, I really liked seeing when they called blitzes with him because it was basically like sending another linebacker um, at that size. And um, he, he had a strip sack on his highlight reel when he blitzed. So um, I know that 
he can hit. Once again, he was still tackling high. But um, that's a lot of velocity and mass coming at you fast. Um, those are all the things that I liked about Al Ashford and things that I think are going to make him a solid cornerback at Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, I would still probably go with a redshirt year. Um, I, yeah. I really like the redshirt, especially because, you know, Wisconsin kind of has, you know, um, some other guys there at corner. So I think he's going to have to wait just because of depth chart reasons at the same time. But, um, and, and getting used to Big Ten football, I would love to see him just work tackling drills basically the whole offseason. But I think following that, um, Al Ashford, uh, I definitely think he belongs in some professional league, uh, barring that he learns how to tackle and gets a bit more physical. I think that as long as he learns the fundamental of tackling, which is really not that hard, um, you just have to get lower than other people. Um, at least that's the way I see it. I think there's worse things Usually. that you could have to fix than your tackling form. Um, because he still makes it work even when he's standing straight up. Yeah. So I think that Al could be a three or four year starter depending on how long he stays in school. And you know, if that NFL opportunity arises, I think that he should take it up. And I think he has a chance to maybe even contribute legitimately as a starter. Um, later down the road so yeah fair enough um if you don't mind me going jesse i don't think that al is going to be able to start right away even if he wanted to like i said i just mentioned max lofi and he just to throw this out there too you know um because it is a covid year nobody's losing eligibility this year i think i need to throw that out there so the seniors who are there now could potentially stay one more year and max lofi he's still there and that's just the best guy out of Colorado. And so um, there's going to be plenty of other players that are going to be able to stay and go to Wisconsin. And Wisconsin is a bigger school. And so uh, it's going to be a little tough for Al at first. I'm not going to lie. And that, well, to be honest, for a lot of recruits for this class, it's going to be a little tough, uh, more than usual. And so I, I can't really say when he'll play, but when he does... He could be a draft pick type of guy because there's a lot of great receivers in the Big Ten, and he's gonna get te- eventually he's gonna get tested by someone who's a second or third round pick. That's just I'm just being honest, you know. You got Penn State in this conference too, along with Ohio State. Like you got a lot of dogs in the state that are gonna throw a lot of different kind of receivers at you. Who are most likely one of them's gonna go to the NFL, to be honest. And I don't doubt that in these next couple years with with that at all. And so if Al, you know, he does the things that he got that we talked about and he improves and does all that. And then when it comes down to playing, he actually plays well against those receivers. He could be a top draft pick. You never know, you know, especially these next couple years. So just go throw that out there. That's potential, but he's going to have to fight for a spot moving up that depth chart for sure. And it could take a while. That's my biggest concern uh, to be honest. So what about you, Jesse? I'll make this pretty quick and easy. I think he's a two-year starter at Wisconsin just because of the depth that they have there. Okay. And I think he has the same pro potential as Zaire does that we just talked about. Oh. Cool. Interesting. Simple as that. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, with that being said, coming up next, we're going to talk about our number one cornerback in the state. And then, uh, well, before that, we'll talk about honorable mentions as well. So, coming up next. Welcome back to Colorado Playmakers Class of 21 cornerbacks edition and we are going to talk about our number one cornerback in the state of Colorado who is coming up after honorable mentions 
Uh, we just have a couple of honorable mentions this time around. We have a, a familiar name, Jay Barry, which if you listen to episode 19, our top wide receivers, you will recall that he's our number three receiver in the state. And, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily... Jay made a lot of plays at cornerback, um, and that's why he's an honorable mention. But he will be a better receiver in college than a cornerback. And then we also have, out of Mountain Vista, uh, Sam Kreisa? Kreisa? I'm sorry, Sam, if I'm saying it wrong. But, uh, you know, Sam, he played in a very heavy zone system, just played a third of the field a lot of the time. So basically, his lack of versatility is what factored into um, his, his being an honorable mention on this list. And uh, Sam, we got some advice from a college coach for you. So I'll say, Sam, I think after watching all of these, including our top five, I think you have the best hands out of all of them. I think you can catch the ball better than any of them. And if you came to my program and signed with us at Trinity, I would probably move you to receiver. And I would recommend you, if you do want to play in college, that you make the move to receiver because you do have some great hands. And yeah, simple as that. I think you could perform better as a, a receiver in college than you could as a DB. Okay. So, that was Sam and Jay, and Simon, if you want to introduce our number one cornerback in the state of Colorado. Alright, our number one cornerback in the state of Colorado, once again from Cherry Creek High School, it's Miles Purchase, the 5'11", 170-pound three-star commit to Iowa State. Uh, in addition, he also is first team all, he was a first-team all-conference DB uh, and return man, and then he also won 5A Player of the Year, along with, I think... He was first team All State as well. Um, he, well. I think it's pretty hard to win Player of the Year and not be All State. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, he's arguably one of the best players, just football players in the state at all. Um, he also had some film at running back slash Wildcat quarterback, which is interesting because he already have someone who can run. But it's neither here or there. So uh, I'm gonna just go ahead and start with the negatives or the errors of improvement because there's not a lot here. I'm going to mention this quickly. Played for Cherry Creek. We already know this because his buddy Al Ashford is the second cornerback on this list. And so it could be debatable whether Miles always went up against the number one receiver uh, whenever they were playing other receivers. You could also say that about Al, to be honest. And so that's definitely a little bit of a question. Like I said, there's really nothing they could do except prove themselves on the next level. That's a high school problem, not really a college problem. So there you go. Another thing... Weight-wise, he could probably put on a little bit more. 170, it's not the worst. He could live with that, but I do think if he wants to get to that next level and whatnot, uh, he'd have to be 180 or 190 at the minimum, most likely, just because 170 is just a little light. So if he could put on some weight, that'd be great. And then the biggest thing for me when it came to Miles' purchase is that he could be a little bit too physical uh, when covering receivers. There are plenty of plays, I'm just watching them straight up, where I'm like, that's going to get called in the Big 12. I'm just going to be honest. Like, he puts his hands on receivers a little bit too much. He tugs at them, punches at them a little bit too much. And he'll get away on, with it, like, on the Colorado level because it's Cherry Creek anyways and whatnot. But on the next level, he's going to have to check himself, be a little bit more, you know, disciplined, which he can be because he has, like, crazy great speed. And he'll be fine. So I'd just like to see cleaner, you know, coverage from him. When he's uh, when he's covering receivers one one or whatever, so uh, just because I do think he could low key be maybe a little bit of a penalty machine if he's not careful. So that's just all I gotta say there. 
Cody, Jesse, what are some yeah. areas of improvement for uh, Miles' purchase? Let me piggyback off that for a second. Go um, for it. The first thing I thought of when I watched this guy, guy's tape is if I was Iowa State, I'm moving to safety. Sure. So I think he's better suited as a safety position um, than a cornerback because, I mean, he can hit, but like you said, he's more aggressive and stuff like that. So that being said, uh, I see him becoming more of that safety corner hybrid type thing where I think he just needs to work on continuing, like you said, watch some film, learn what an offense does because as a safety, you're, you know, you got to see it all yeah. and be prepared for that. So I think just, you know, Knowledge of the game is the most important thing for four miles. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Cody. Um, <clears throat> so for miles, um, I'd say obviously Khan is playing on Creek, and then um, the wide receivers in the state. I think Miles can cover any of them, and he did. So um, you know, I think that the competition is definitely a concern, but he was just so dominant. Uh, yes, there are definitely some plays where it's like, yeah, that would be called um, if high school refs weren't paid like minimum wage and they were also like, you know, um, so more uh, qualified refs would definitely throw the flag a couple more times. But um, I really liked Miles's tape and uh, I don't really have too many weaknesses. I'm kind of nitpicking for sure. Okay. Um, so yeah. You want to start off with strengths then? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Miles Purchase does a lot of things right. And one of them that I really like that I actually think um, fits Jesse's idea of moving him to safety is I think that he does have a really high football IQ. He recognizes plays and routes before they're even ran a lot of the time. And he's able to disguise the fact that he knows it. So on screen plays, you'll see him like take a couple steps back and act like he thinks that they're throwing a deep ball. But as soon as the ball is snapped, he tackles the wide receiver in the backfield. Um, so I think, and he also communicates quite a bit with his uh, safeties and linebackers on film. So I think that Creek definitely allowed him to kind of almost run the Cherry Creek defense, if I'm going to be completely honest, in the secondary. And he switches up coverages mid-play sometimes. Like, you could see that he'll be playing man, but then he'll just sit on on his own when he knows that you know okay my, the safety has my man now and he makes sure that it's passed off and then that allows him to make more plays so i really think that miles purchase has a super high football iq and i think that he'd be a great fit at safety as well because of that obviously he'd have to watch some more film because college is different than high school and uh colorado offenses are pretty easy to read but not everyone reads them so kudos to miles for that i also really like that he has a ton of film like even more so than Al of him playing slot receiver, basically, or slot corner, like all of his junior year, where he can handle those out routes and he can work through rub routes really well or pass off his coverage. And then this past year, he played a lot more outside cornerback as well, um, where he did a lot of the same things. Rub routes don't slow him down. He has great, great speed. And he has super strong hands. And what Jesse was talking about earlier with Zaire, you can see with Miles where he's really sticky. With the wide receivers i think that wide receivers can get a bit more distance from al not so much miles and if they do it doesn't last long or miles wants you to think that you have distance on him so that he can close the gap and make an interception so super smart player and i think he's one of the best prospects that we've looked at on this show if i'm going to be completely honest yeah for sure yeah i agree with all that he's just a dude you know you put him out there and he'll make plays on either side of the ball. And 
you know, that showed when he was returning kicks. Like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> a lot of the returns that he put on his highlight reel and then that we just saw through film in general, like, there was almost always a good chance that he could bring it to the house. That's just who he is. He has elite speed. And to be honest, he might be one of the fastest in the state. Uh, Q Jones might challenge him a little bit here, but I'd love to see a race between those two for sure. But Mouse Purchase, at least in 5A, is most definitely the fastest player in the state. And there's no question about it. You know, he's, he's just that dude. Like, he'll blanket guys completely. He has a fantastic recovery speed. So that kind of allows him to be more aggressive as a press corner. Because he knows that, like, hey, even if this dude does beat me, I, I'm way faster than this guy, and I'm just going to outrun him and, and get the pick or uh, run the route better than him. And that's just what he does consistently. Um, so, yeah, I also think he's an absolute ball hawk. You know, Jesse, you mentioned how he could be a great safety. I agree, too. And I think he could play it as well, just as good, if maybe not a little bit better uh, than corner. But, yeah, he, he finds the ball really well. He's super aggressive. And while I'm talking about aggressiveness, I know I did kind of ding him for being a physical corner and like being very touchy, but you know, that's also a plus because he gives a lot of wide receiver fits. Like they just struggle catching the ball against them. There will be some throws and um, balls that are coming at receivers that they should probably catch, but because Miles is just annoying them and he's maybe he's not exactly there, he'll make them drop it one way or another because he's just that type of receiver. He's just that type of corner that will be all over you and he won't give you any room to breathe just because he has great speed and hops and all of it. And so, yeah. And also, I do think he could probably play a little bit of ball on the other side as well. He uh, he had a lot of plays where he was lined up at running back or he was the, uh, the, the, the wildcat quarterback and he just excelled. You know, he did great. He did his thing. He was equally as dangerous to bring it to the house uh, at that position as well. So... There you go. So a lot of versatility here, but Jesse, what what do you think about Miles' purchase? Mm -hmm. Well, what were the things that stood out about him? Yeah. Well, when we were evaluating film, we would call guys like this ballers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I'll give him a quick uh, comparison. I like to when I'm recruiting stuff like that, give sure. comparisons to NFL guys. And um, when I see Malik, the thing I think of is Tyron Matthews. I see him as yeah. that same kind of guy where he can play the slot corner, he can play corner, he can play safety, he can play all of them. Um, and so I think, you know, I think he has the physicality to do that. He hits he hits guys hard, rattles some brains, and then also, you know, is is that great, I guess you call him Houdini type of defensive back where you don't see him, then all of a sudden you do, right? Well, I guess he's yeah. a reverse Houdini, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think, you know, just that ability to bait quarterbacks into what he wants is a desirable trait. True. Very true. Yeah, he's, he's everything you want in a corner. He will erase a lot of mistakes for you, um, if, if you're a defensive coordinator. So, so yeah. But let's talk about outlook at Iowa State. So, Iowa State, Loki is actually always pretty solid, I would say. They, they churn out some NFL talent each year. And I think that Miles Purchase might be that guy. Um, little surprised that he was only a three-star guy. He low-key might have even been a four-star guy. Just looking at some of the guys out here across the nation. But um, I like him. You know, I think he could most likely start even as a freshman if you want. It, it depends what position you're going to play him at. If you play him at safety, then redshirt him, right? But I do think he's a... At least a three or four year starter and if he does well against big 12 competition where they're always throwing the ball 
that says a lot, you know, um, th that's really hard to argue with. And I think there's an easy path to the NFL if he competes well on those days he goes up against great talent. So maybe not the easiest path to the NFL, but there will be opportunities for him to prove himself as an NFL guy, more so than a lot of the other guys on this list. Uh, even Al Ashford, because I don't think Iowa State really has a guy like Miles Purchase on the team right now. But Cody, Jesse, what do you think? I guess I don't see him starting day one at either position, but sure. I could see something along the lines of, you know, an injury happens and then he is put in midway through his freshman year and then he wins that job and continues on. So I'll say three and a half year starter. Um, I think he still needs, you know, like most freshmen do, need to get immersed into what college football is like. Yeah, for sure. And then he'll be off and running. Go ahead, Cody. Yeah, so for Miles, I definitely uh, agree with Jesse's situation where, you know, he could... I think that Miles can take snaps as a freshman, if I'm being completely honest. Sure. Plus, I don't know about Iowa State's depth, depth, so I probably wouldn't redshirt him. Um, it, unless you can. If you can, then absolutely redshirt him. Nothing wrong with ever redshirting a player. Um, especially because then you can make him more versatile um, with that redshirt and extra film time. Um, but... Yeah, I think that Miles could definitely be uh, a longtime starter at Iowa State. I think that if he's not starting by his second year, um, something else is going on or something maybe behind the scenes because I think he's talented enough to start. Um, I also really like his odds of going to the NFL because of his versatility. Um, it, I don't know if the listeners probably don't know this, but uh, Simon and... Uh, our, our buddy Liam gets annoyed at how much I enjoy uh, watching Tyrant Matthew. Um, it's because he's good. So um, I don't like that he's on the Chiefs. But that versatility will take you a very long way. Um, not only as a defensive player, but also as just a football player and that special teams aspect as a returner. So he's a do-it-all guy, and um, I think he will be very successful in the college setting. True, yeah. He just needs a couple good games against Texas, which isn't hard. And then a couple good games against Oklahoma, which... No, please. <laughs> <laughs> but any, which we'll, we'll see, because you know they what? have... I'll allow it, because Miles Purchase is our boy. <laughs> but I'll, yeah. I'll still be a little bitter about it. It's a, it, It'll be a tall order. Like, he's probably going to struggle his first couple snaps, for sure, in the Big 12, just because you have a lot of speed. They run... Like, everyone runs a spread, basically, in the Big 12. So... You know, if you're a safety, you go have to do a lot of research. I know this because I've played safety and I've played against plenty of spreads. But yeah, he's it's going to be a little bit of a rocky road. But I think if he could figure it out, then he's set. You know? I can see it now. Two years from now. Big 12 Championship 2023. Winner goes to the college ball playoff. Spencer Rattler <laughs> throws the pick to Miles and he takes it to the house and they win. Nope. <laughs> hey, Iowa State has a quarterback, the arguably the second best quarterback in the conference, Brock Purdy. Shout out to uh, our boy Zach's old high school over at Perry <laughs> that we just watched on QB1 get destroyed. Well, they didn't get destroyed, but beat by Spencer Rattler. So you okay, never know. Again. You never know. Uh, it could. Iowa State's been building something for a while, though. This shouldn't be a huge surprise. So you never know. One one day Iowa State's gonna be really good. I believe that personally. So yeah, but 
With that being said, that pretty much wraps up this episode. Make sure you follow us uh, everywhere at the Playmakers Corner on on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok for sure. That's where we're putting a ton of our requests. We got a pretty much a TikTok almost every day, if not twice a day. Also, we'll be posting our interviews and stuff if we haven't already. And so be on the lookout for interviews with plenty of other Cherry Creek players like Arden Walker, James Walker. And then in addition, we'll be interviewing guys like Q Jones and uh, Jordan Wolverton as well. So just be on the lookout for all those shows. Some love. We appreciate y'all. Continue to send us those requests. We'll get to them whenever we can. Uh, prioritizing seniors first. But I am one of your co-hosts, Simon Voyanos. I am one of your other co-hosts, Cody Stoffer, and I just like to thank Jesse for joining us on this episode while he's in town. You Welcome, too. Guys. Yeah. yeah. Hey, good old times, mm -hmm. just like the olden days. But yeah. uh, peace. That's it.